long. So off with him to the Hebrew class. But when he got there, it was unoccupied, and the volume marked 11334 was in its place on the shelf. It was vexatious to Garrett's self-respect to have disappointed an inquirer with so little reason, and he would have liked, had it not been against library rules, to take the book down to the vestibule then and there, so that it might be ready for Mr. Eldred when he called. However, next morning he would be on the lookout for him, and he begged the doorkeeper to send and let him know when the moment came. As a matter of fact, he was himself in the vestibule when Mr. Eldred arrived, very soon after the library opened, and when hardly anyone besides the staff were in the building. "'I'm very sorry,' he said. "'It's not often that I make such a stupid mistake, but I did feel sure that the old gentleman I saw took out that very book.' and kept it in his hand without opening it, just as people do, you know, sir, when they mean to take a book out of the library and not merely refer to it. But, however, I'll run up now at once and get it for you this time. And here intervened a pause. Mr. Eldred paced the entry, read all the notices, consulted his watch, sat and gazed up the staircase, did all that a very impatient man could, until some twenty minutes had run out. At last... He addressed himself to the doorkeeper, and inquired if it was a very long way to that part of the library to which Mr. Garrett had gone. "'Well, I was thinking it was funny, sir. He's a quick man as a rule, but to be sure he might have been sent for by the librarian. But even so, I think he'd have mentioned to him that you was waiting. I'd just speak him up on the tube and see.' And to the tube he addressed himself. As he absorbed the reply to his question, his face changed and he made one or two supplementary inquiries, which were shortly answered. Then he came forward to his counter and spoke in a lower tone. Well, I'm sorry to hear, sir, that something seems to have happened a little awkward. Mr. Garrett has been took poorly, it appears, and the librarian sent him home in a curb the other way. Something of an attack by what I can hear. What? Really? Do you mean that someone has injured him? Oh, no, sir, not violence here, but as I should judge, attacked with an attack, what you might term it, of illness. Not a strong constitution, Mr. Garrett. But as to your book, sir, perhaps you might be able to find it for yourself. It's too bad you should be disappointed this way twice over. Um, well, but I'm so sorry that Mr. Garrett should have been taken ill in this way while he was obliging me. I think I must leave the book and call and inquire after him. Uh, You can give me his address, I suppose. That was easily done. Mr. Garrett, it appeared, lodged in rooms not far from the station. Uh, And one other question. Did you happen to notice of an old gentleman, perhaps a clergyman, in a, yes, in a, a black cloak, left the library after I did yesterday. I think he may have been, um, I I think, that is, he may be staying, uh, or rather that I may have known him. Oh, not in a black cloak, sir, no. There were only two gentlemen left later than what you'd done, sir, both of them youngish men. There was Mr. Carter took out a music book and one of the professors with a couple of novels, and that's the lot, sir, and then I went off to me tea and glad to get it. Oh, thank you, sir. Much obliged. Mr. Eldred, still a prey to anxiety, betook himself in a cab to Mr. Garrett's address. But the young man was not yet in a condition to receive visitors. He was better, but his landlady considered that he must have had a severe shock. 
She thought most likely from what the doctor said that he would be able to see Mr. Eldred tomorrow. Mr. Eldred returned to his hotel at dusk and spent, I fear, but a dull evening. On the next day, he was able to see Mr. Garrett. When